Hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. Thank you for coming back to listen to my super guest today, which this is going to be a very fun conversation, I already know. Um, my friend Robert is a doctor of chiropractic and holistic medicine, but also an energy healer and a wonderful human being. Him and I met, I mean, among other things, he's an author. You guys are going to hear a fantastic story, but among, uh, we met about a year ago, right? About a year ago? Yeah. At the Sasha Cobra retreat. So for nine days, we were with each other, breathing together in a big group of 40 people. So it was really, um, I feel like we really connected and got to know each other. And uh, I really respect you. I love that you're here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast um, to share your heart and your story and whatever else is going on right now in the health world, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, so Robert, I know that you have, um, well, tell us, tell us your story. Tell us, I, I want to talk about, to begin the podcast about how you went from being a gangster thug person into a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's always good to talk with you and to definitely, you know, see your face again. And, oh yeah, my story, my story is unique and interesting. And whenever I talk to people about it, like, wait, what? Because right now I seem like so grounded, so professional. I mean, I work in Washington, DC, just a few blocks in the white house. People come in here from all sorts of government agencies and working all sides of government. And you know, I've been a doctor now for 20 years. And I've also been a post-grad teacher, I used to teach internationally, some forms of holistic healthcare. So I tell people my background, they just kind of stare at me and I see the wheels spinning in their head. But I grew up in Queens, New York. Um, and you know, when I grew up younger kid, everything was fine. But as I started getting around junior high school, the friends I was growing up with, they all became like drug dealers and started carrying guns and then, you know, became gang members and I got into graffiti and I was actually internationally known graffiti artist in um, New York, right about the nineties. I was in international art magazines and videos and on TV and everything and got, got in trouble for that a little bit. And um, yeah, I also grew up with a father who was kind of a, um, a badass used to hang out the hell's angels in new york and like work for them and stuff like that so i grew up with all that too i grew up with the former new york president of the hell's angels coming over my house for sunday dinner and so <laughs> i just kind of wound up gravitating i guess subconsciously toward this whole gang mentality myself and um yeah i just went through this and you know i've had teeth knocked out head split open been stabbed i've been shot at more than most police have i've been like through all that stuff. I've seen people get shot and stabbed and all that stuff. And it's like, you used to have big gang fights. I remember when Channel 9 News, they seen us kind of down in New York City, down in the village, all kind of gathering up and they knew a big fight was gonna start. So they set up cameras on different corners and just waited hours for this fight to break out. And it was like just people fighting across this four lane street, throwing garbage bags at each other and beating each other up and bleeding all over the place and ambulances coming. So. I like went through all that stuff and um, yeah, I just had enough of it. I was done. I would lay awake at night, just playing over in my head, the things that would happen. I would have PTSD and a little sound I'd hear in my house. I'd get a gun and like, look around, like, you know, someone breaking in my house, they're breaking in my car, what's going on. So it was so much I couldn't handle it anymore. So I needed to get out and I used to race motocross motorcycles dirt bikes when i was younger too and i had a couple bad injuries and so i started going to see my mother's chiropractor and he worked on me a little bit and like the pain just went away i'm like oh that's kind of cool and i like, saw this doctor had this big waiting room full of people and he had a nice car nice house and i'm just like wow maybe maybe i should do that but you know no one in my family was ever a professional i was just like this uncharted territory so i'm like talking to some of the other doctors that are working in the office for this doctor, some of the associates and like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, you can go to this school, that school, do it this way, that way. And I'm talking to a girlfriend at the time and she's helped me research stuff. She's like, this is awesome. 
And I talked to the head doctor who owns this whole clinic. He goes, I really don't recommend it. Nope, shouldn't do it. I'm like, something just told me, don't listen to this guy. But yeah, I moved forward. Uh, I left everything in New York. I moved to LA to start chiropractic medical school out there. As soon as I got to LA, I had a few connections with friends out there with graffitis and gangs. So within the first, I don't know, a couple months of being out there, I'm on the ground, hands on my head, helicopters overhead, you know, taking our pictures, putting me in the LA gang task force files. So I'm like, I can't hang out with these people. I got to drop every connection I have to my old life and just focus on school. And I focused on school. Um, I went through a lot of stuff there. I, I met some mentors who were some of these top doctors known in the world for holistic medicine and just really started hanging around them as much as I could and bugging them and being mentored by these doctors and finding more and more um, information of what is really above and beyond what I was learning in school, but more from just like the holistic medicine point of view of what people consider just kind of like miraculous to people. And yeah, from there, I just kept going and kept finding new mentors. Okay, so you're about 25 years old. How long did it take you to get through school? Well, my undergrad was about four years, and then um, medical school, chiropractic medical school was four years. So I graduated in August of 2000. And, um, yeah, and then about a year after that, I started for my teaching credentials to get a diplomate degree in something called applied kinesiology, which is a holistic um diagnosis method using muscle testing so i became a teacher in that and i did that since i, I completed, completed that about 2004 and from there i started teaching too like across the us a little bit internationally and um yeah start working on other things and i also went in other directions more spiritual working on energy and shamanism and um and then doing like distance energy work and even exorcisms and things like that. So I really dove in whatever had an effect on me to help me change my life from who I was to who I was working to be. If it worked for me, I dove in and learned as much as I could. And I used it with other people. So that's kind of like my path. Yeah. And same thing happened with Sasha's work. I got introduced to Sasha through actually a rapper that I know from the nineties. And um, he's like, man, you got to check out my friend, Sasha. She's amazing. My friend, Trey Hardson from the far side. And uh, yeah, I just started following her stuff. Yeah. You know, that's, that makes so much sense. Like if it works for you, I guess I kind of do that a bit. Like, this is a great new technique for releasing whatever trauma and pursuing in the growth of the expansion of love, which is really, I guess what's been healing me is just being more in contact with love. Can you tell me really quickly, I just want to know, and maybe my guests want to know too, like what is muscle testing? So muscle testing is using the body as a yes or no indicator. It, it, it gives you like a light switch, okay? Now, when you're exposed to something that's good for you, healthy for you, that raises your vibration, increases your energy, makes you happy, it helps your emotions, the nervous system and the acupuncture meridian system, which is like an energetic backup for the nervous system, they stay online and stay strong. So when you're testing a muscle in somebody and they're exposed to some of these things that make them feel good or healthy for them or whatever, you push in that muscle, it'll be nice and strong. Now expose someone to something that's negative, bad for your mind, bad for your body, or that's a lie, it's something that's not true, you'll use the same type of method to push on someone's muscle and it will just actually go down. It'll weaken. So it's an indicator of what's good for you or someone else or what's not. And I use this to very quickly test through thousands and thousands of things of what people need to figure out exactly what they need for whatever the health concern is their mental, emotional concern or spiritual concern. And I can get to information very quickly that way. And I was doing this, yeah, for probably 25 years now. But after a while, it gets to the point where you just start inquiring what a person needs and the intuition comes in and tells you too. So I also became, I was always intuitive growing up as a kid. I used to see things, hear things. I used to go and 
different dimensional journeys and then the astral and everything. But when I started doing the muscle testing, I would get direct information of what I was looking for. I would just kind of have a knowing of exactly what a person needs. So I could sit down with someone and they're complaining about their migraines and I'm just like, oh, it's your liver related to your mother. That's what we got to fix. I just kind of get this whole feeling exactly that's what it is. And I just know. That's so cool. And you can do that now through long distance, right? Like if you and I right now are doing like a healing session, as I'm in San Diego, you're in DC, you'd be able to do this long distance healing. Oh yeah. And I work on people and they could be the other side of the world. They feel it like, oh my God, I feel that in my body. Like, and sometimes I was working on people through email and um, they had a scheduled appointment on email, like say 2 PM, but I'm like, oh, I'm free at 11. I'm just going to do it now. And they're walking down the street, 11, you know, o'clock, wherever they are at my time. And they're like, whoa, I got to sit down. Something's happening in my body. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. That's the time I was working on you. So I tried to do that anymore because, you know, people really feel it when I'm working on them from a distance and their body might be like feeling it and like wigging out. And they're like, wow, that was weird. That's the time you're working on me. I totally had to sit down somewhere because I felt you working on my, on my body. Yeah, when I have I have a dear friend of mine who does my uh, the one that I work with with Reiki, it's long distance, and she'll be like, "Please make sure you're lying down." Of course, and right as I'm sitting down, I know she's starting. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I get kind of dizzy. It's like I need to lay down. I need to lay down, and I feel exactly what she's doing. Yeah. It's going in the head. Now she's down in the heart. Now she's over here by my leg. So it's, and I I, I like to talk about this because. I have a lot of family, some friends, you know, my group is, my friends group is now, of course, most of my friends are in my same or similar mindset and opening to whatever healing capacities and ideas that I work and especially my clients, but there is skepticism. And so I always like to ask, okay, how does that work? Or how did it come to how did you figure out, oh, I can do this long distance? Because I had a long distance session with Sasha over the phone and I just about died. I could not, after I was done, I was like, because it was about an hour of her just saying, okay, ready? So just breathe and just like no video, just on the phone. And she knew exactly what I was feeling. And I had a crazy 45 minute experience in my bed. Like I've never felt such ecstasy and sorrow and joy and screaming and when at the end i was like how did you do that <laughs> she's laughing like oh very simple okay yeah but really really robert like how do you figure out how to do that yeah well the first thing is you know what sasha teaches other people teach is having your presence like really just being present in your body being present in your now and having a focus of your internal being and then just picturing that person in front of you. And when you're in that presence and you can just picture that person in front of you, like it's to me, like, you know, it's like people call it your third eye or it's some people just think it's their imagination, but I get an image of what's going on and I could actually see what's going on with that person. And then you just finding an issue, something you got to fix. And there's a lot of different techniques of how you do it, depending on what the problem is. Like I could actually fix someone's joints and spine or organ or emotion or energy. Like I can fix physical things in the person while I'm doing it. It's just to observe the universe, have a change on what you see the problem is. And you just observe it and watch it change. And the person's like, well, I just felt that change in my body. So I'm not doing it. I'm just observing it. I'm asking the universe. There's this issue there. Take care of it. Like in um, my book, I talked about this woman who was, um, climbing Mount Everest and she was a patient of mine before and uh, she was climbing Mount Everest and I helped her through some hip issues before some emotions that were stuck in her hip because she couldn't actually finish her training to climb Mount Everest. She's like, either I got to quit or something's going to happen now because I'm on a timeline to do this climb. So I fixed her hip and it was better Then she was like training in the mountains in Colorado, like on the peaks, like high stuff or altitude training. She had it ran to an issue again and she contacted me. I'm like, oh, I could do some distance work on you. She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'll do it. You'll feel better. So I did it. And she's like, that felt better. Like, I don't know what you did. So didn't talk to her for probably a month or two. I get an email from her late one night saying I'm at the base camp 
the last base camp of Mount Everest to go to the peak. I can't talk. I have severe coughing. My body hurts. Whenever I take a breath, it feels like there's glass going through my lungs. She goes, they're telling me not to go because I could die. And she goes, I'm going anyway. I just want to email you to see if there's anything you could do. And I read this email and I'm like, because this is a life or death situation. People die all the time on Mount Everest, you know? And I'm just like, oh man, like the pressure was on. So I had to get in there and work on her and I worked through her lungs and her spine and her ribs and everything I seen was wrong. And I just, I was so like, just keep trying to look and like, well, everything looks good. Everything looks good. But I was so nervous because I mean, that might be it. And several days later, I see her post on Instagram picture. I'm like, thank God she's alive. Like, <laughs> she, did <it. laughs> she did it. She, she did it. But she contacted me. She was coming back to the U.S. And she's like, I don't know what you did, but I left with my team. They're like, you shouldn't come. You should stay here. And like, I know I'm going. And she said about an hour or two up, I stopped coughing and I could talk again. And I didn't have the pain in my chest or back anymore. And they're like, what, what's wrong? What, what happened? How come you're not coughing anymore? Like, oh, my doctor must have worked on me. They're like, what do you mean your doctor worked on you? Like, then they thought I needed oxygen. I'm like, no, I'm okay. My doctor probably worked on me. Everything feels better. Like, <laughs> yeah, and she, she finished the climb and came back down. And yeah, she said the whole climb down after, you know, she kind of got out of the whole danger thing. She kept thinking, how did he do that? What did he, like, I don't understand how all the pain just disappeared. And she got back here to the U.S., did x-rays, and she had several broken ribs through her rib cage and that's what all the pain she was feeling and everything but we got her body situated so she could still deal with that and keep going so yeah just wow. from observing having presence and observing and watch the universe does what it does because miraculous things happen every day a miracle is just anything you don't think can happen but it can happen I mean, people just wake up one day and decide, I'm going to cure myself of cancer. And it happens. People cure themselves of every disease possible. And it happens. It's just, it depends on your alignment where you're at. And there's whole books written about this. Um, spontaneous remission. It's just, it happens all the time. And it happens from here, from the mind and the spirit being together. And just your willpower makes this stuff happen. Tell us the name of your book again. I'm going to post it on the notes. Oh, here. my book, Heal Profoundly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm starting on my second book right now, but this is my first one, Heal Profoundly. Okay, cool, yes. It's interesting how, honestly, the capacity of a human being to do these things. And for so many years, it's been told or taught to us that all of that is woo-woo and bullshit and heebie-jeebie, you know? Um, and it's really not. So I'm so excited that you're on here, number one, that you're doing this work, that there's people like you that are continuing to, to press on and do this work. And also, you know, you know, that you're a doctor, of course, because I do this work with friends and with clients, and I've seen it. I've seen it work, but I have a lot of family that are doctors that are not open-minded like that, that think I'm just ridiculous and that crazy. And of course they haven't seen it, or I'll tell them about a specific plant or an oil. And how's that an antiviral? How's oregano an antiviral? That's one of the questions a doctor would ask me. I'm like, what are you talking about? All medicines are from plants. But anyway, I just, um, I just appreciate that we're talking about this here and that people can see that this magic, honestly, I think has been robbed of us. Um, just like a lot of other things have been robbed of us, including these little mandates that I'd like to talk about right now. Because I know, here we go. You're in DC and you're gonna have to move to Florida because of these mandates, correct? So yes. how, does that, how, is, how, does, how is that, like tell us about these mandates, these health mandates. Well, last week I got an email from um, Mayor Bowser of D.C. and the Medical Board of D.C. saying that by September 30th, and today is August 23rd, yeah, so by September 30th, all health care providers within D.C. will need to be vaccinated or else they can't work anymore. So 
the universe is getting me ready for this. It's okay to transition because I've been wanting to do more and more of the energy work that I've been doing. And I've been kind of feeling I want to do that. And then I get this and it's just like, boom, there you go. You got to do it. So, yeah. So I'm just closing everything up here by next month and moving down to Florida. We have a lot of uh, contacts down there, just some amazing people. Um, yeah, everything's just going to work out great. The art community down there too for the whole street art graffiti thing, which I love. I'll be more of that. So that's all good. And yeah, just new step in life because life's not like just, you know, a one-line journey. Life is about cycles. So I'm going through my next cycle now. You know, I had a cycle growing up in New York, a cycle getting out of New York, a cycle becoming a doctor, a cycle honing who I was as a doctor, a cycle as a teacher. Now it's just going more and more and more. So these are seasons in life. And when you could flow with the seasons of life, life gets a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great advice right there. I call them, I like, to, I like that you're calling them seasons. I guess it's the same rhythms. Yeah. The rhythms change and there's a different beat and now you go here and now you go there and it's all about dancing through whatever's coming up. So, and you have a podcast where you talk about these things with, uh, that you just started, right? Yeah, it's a couple months ago. Okay. Um, it's called Conversations of Transformation. So, because me, my transformation in life, I tell people these stories like, wow, but I want to talk to other people about their lives, how they transform, because I hear some things that blow me away. I'm like, wow, like interviewing Sasha about how she used to be a little punk rocker chick, and now she's like the spiritual guru, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like you, you were like this gangster guy, and now here you are healing people with energy healing and all this beautiful miraculous you know magic i guess we can want to call it i love to call it magic yeah. so to me we're, we're all supernatural but we've been you know you talked about we've all been kind of hypnotized into we're not supernatural we don't have that power and a lot of people in this world don't want us to have that wisdom and knowledge they don't want us to have that power they don't want us to realize how powerful we are because when we realize how powerful we are a lot of the things in this world that make trillions and trillions of dollars and the control that people have over this world will just vanish because we don't need them anymore um we won't need all this you know, I mean, modern medicine has some amazing things we need. I mean, some some amazing stuff, but we don't need the marketing of most of these pharmaceuticals and drugs that are out there. There's more conservative ways to kind of work on everything first. And then if things kind of don't get there, then try more and more kind of methods that are that are take more out of someone. Um, but, but we need modern medicines, but, you know, trauma is the most important thing. And, you know, certain surgeries are definitely needed for things. And, but these are things that make the least amount of money in the hospital. They make the most money out of chronic disease. That's where they make all the money. So if we really empower ourselves with who we really are, that stuff just disappears. And also, yeah, I mean, we'd be all loving each other. There'd be no wars. War is a multi-trillion dollar industry and it, is pushed to keep happening so people can make money and money and money and keep control, control, control. That's another thing. And also energy. We have technology for free energy, but it's being kept secret by people who are in the power of this. We, you know, it's, it's well known and there's plenty of video um, testimonials out there from people who are in government and big corporations and military about how we have these free energy devices and technology that are from people from other worlds. And we've been in contact with these people from other worlds since the forties. And it's a well-known thing through government and military with certain, you know, people that we have this too. So we don't need to be killing the planet with pollution. We don't need to be having these wars. We don't need to be poisoning ourselves to keep ourselves in a place where we're still living, but very sick. So we make more and more money for the big, medical industry that's where they was they wasn't this place where we're still alive but we need so much help from them so we keep spending money on them that's where they want us so we could just get out of all this if we really empower who we are supernaturally right yeah and i don't know when this whole 
like suppression that this supernatural thing started. I mean, I've always been, you know, I do a lot of women's circles, so I've always done the research to begin, like when they burn all the women, right? And all the, the only quote unquote doctors had to be men because they were the ones that were able to go to university. As soon as the church started in there around, I don't know. Um, I don't know, maybe a thousand and, and, years. You know, to me, like I, Sasha brought up at the retreat last year, it was so great. She goes, women, why do you want to be like a man? Why are you trying to, to, to be equal with men? She goes, you just need to be women. And it's true because I feel women are much more powerful than men. <laughs> women can get what they want much more. Women can create what they want. Women, when they band together, you don't want to mess with women that are banded together. I mean, that <laughs> is a dangerous thing. <laughs> women are much more powerful than men, you know? And I'm just like, no, you need to embrace who you are as a woman. And that that's scary is when women could, you know, empower who they are. So many things in this world will just fall that don't belong here because of that, you know? I mean, women abandoned together just ended wars almost overnight in some areas of the world. Just because they, they, they said, you know what? If our men are going to fight, we are not going to sleep with them. We're not getting any love. Every wife tell your husband they are not getting any more until this war stops. This war in the Philippines stopped in just a few days just because of that. <laughs> so women have that power. Women are much more powerful than men. And I, and I just I try to really make them see that, you know, really. It's a beautiful thing. I think also, like, from a woman's point of view, it takes time to realize that without um, being in that in that fight anger mode of getting it back, you know, because it's there's been so much repression, especially in different cultures and depending on where you grew up and what messages you received when you were young. But once you get to that point where you realize, yeah, I don't need to be like a man. I'm owning this loveliness of empowerment of being a woman and what I can actually do. Uh, and then it, and then it like, uh, there's a much softer power, mm -hmm. you know, but it's still very powerful. So, and I appreciate men like you that see that, you know, they believe that, that know that and that empower other women to see that because it's not that easy for a lot of women to see that to step into that without thinking that they're doing something wrong, about, especially in my culture, right? Mexican ones. Maybe in other cultures, it comes easier. But, but I think, yeah, I mean, there's a huge, it began in the 60s, 70s, but I think right now there's like another like a boom, like an empowering of this loving softness that women can bring into the healing world. Because I think we're healing. I want to continue to think that we're healing. I don't want to be like, oof, in this whole negative. Oh, everything's going to shit. I mean, there are a lot of things that are going to shit, but we can, that's why we're here, right? That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why you're moving to Florida to continue your work and to continue this, whatever we chose to come to this earth during this time for. Yeah. It's just, it's just going with that flow. Right? So, <clears throat> do you mind telling us a little bit about, because I know you mentioned earlier before we started, how you have a lot of conversations. There's a group of doctors that you talk to about what's whack about this. And because you guys have a more of an inside uh, into what's, you know, what's really happening with more of the business aspect of these mandates. And then you talk to regular people or people that are not doctors and they're like, oh, this is amazing. And you guys are thinking, no, 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 wait, no, what is wrong with you people? Wait. So just maybe sharing some of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm connected with doctors worldwide. And these doctors are more doctors that are in private practice. They're looking to really help people the quickest, most efficiently way they can. They try to help people through, you know, taking care of yourself at home, empowering people to take care of themselves, eating well, taking care of your mental, emotional stresses, taking care of your body the way it is. So they want people to be in a place where they're just, holistically healthy and they don't need like, you know, big interventions in the future. I mean, some still do, it's just life. But for the most part, these doctors are focused on what really is true about health and what's the best way to help people. So as soon as this whole thing started coming out, was it almost two years ago now or a year and a half ago, 
um, some of my doctors that I'm friends with start putting out papers of, oh, this is what's going on with this virus. You know, if you do this, this, and this, these nutrients and that, that's what really helps it. And here's all the research to back it up. I mean, everything, you know, is like, it's a good research paper. And they start sharing this with other doctors and email. And everyone's like, oh yeah, great. And other doctors are sharing things. So one of the doctors that I know who's, you know, he's well-known through our groups. He's very meticulous about citing everything with research and everything and making sure it, it's, it could pass the test. He gets a call from his medical board like, oh, Dr. So-and-so, we saw you put out this paper. And the doctor from the medical board says, you know, I, I looked it over. It's actually a very good paper. Everything on here is like, it's, it's, it's ironclad. It's nothing I could say about it. The only thing I have to say is you have to put at the end of the paper, there is no cure for COVID-19. Oh, shit. See? They couldn't say a thing about the research. I would say you, you have to say there's no cure. Because... Did he ask why? No, he knows why. Because big industry is threatened. You know, Dr. Zev Zelenko, who first mentioned hydroxychloroquine, oops, I don't mention that. <laughs> I mean, so the research is out there. So many people looked at this stuff. If you give it the right way when things are first starting, and it has to be given with the other things, with the D and the C and the zinc, because that's the only way it's going to work. They did research studies of just the just the HCQ, I'm like, oh no, it doesn't work. He's like, no, you have to do it in combination. The way I did it, you have to reproduce what I did to get a valid research paper, it works. And he's got shut down on every platform there is, everything, he's been banned from everything. You know why? Because he had something that's so cheap that worked to just end this thing. And you don't need the HCQ. All that does is that is what's called an ionophore that allows zinc to get into the cell. Once zinc gets to the cell, that boosts your immune system. So there's other things that get the zinc into the cell. Quercetin gets it to the cell. Very easy, you know, as it's a very easy nutrient to come by. It also, you know, comes in elderberry syrup. It's, it's one of the highest capacities of quercetin. So if you take that with your zinc and C and D, like your immune system just, boom, it's good. And when you look at the germ theory of how a germ affects an organism, if the resistance of the organism is higher than the pathogenesis, uh, than, than, the, than the, you know, how, how damaging the germ is, then someone can't get sick. So that's what you gotta do is get your resistance, your immune system up. And then it doesn't matter what germs you get affected, you get, you know, exposed to, you don't get sick. It's just the way it is. So there's so many simple things to do out there. And I've, I've been, you know, just, I don't even look at the doctor's stuff anymore. I'm like, I know already this keep going on and on and on about all the information we have. I'm like, I know, but you can't tell the news. You can't put it on social media. You can't talk about it, you know? And then, um, you know, we get articles sent to us like, oh, this is talking about all the new vaccines and oh, there's this, there's no health problems or hundred percent safe. And the doctor's like, yeah, but there's no studies to link to that of how they're safe about how they did safety testing about this, that, blah, blah, blah. And we're just laughing that, you know, these things are probably there in our study. And then I see my, my friends who are just, you know, lay people sharing these, Oh, look, the vaccine's totally safe. They say, this is great. You know what I mean? And we're, I'm just like, no God, you know? So it, it's just people fall for this stuff. And it's, it's sad. Um, and I can't, at first I was sharing some things like this and I lost a lot of friends. I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to shut up now. Me and the doctors know what's going on. If people ask me, I totally give them information. Here you go. But for me to broadcast on social media, like people want to hunt me down and string me up for my toes or something like that, you know, because they <clears throat> literally, I've had people tell me who are not doctors saying, you saying there's problems with this is very bad because people are not going to want to take it. I'm like, well, that's my oath. I take as a doctor first do no harm. And he would just flip out and get, you know, belligerent with me and everything. And I'm like, just look at the CDC VERS um, reporting. Um, VERS, by the way, is a vaccine reaction uh, data. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You look it up, you see how many people died and how many people got I'm sick. Listening. And that's why it's suppressed. But that the numbers in that are high. They're high and everyone's not even getting through to it. But the, you know, what you do is look the numbers up for yourself. They're there. 
And I said, just look that up. It's not 100% safe. Like you're telling me you're going to hurt people by saying it's 100% safe. I'm about, I'm not anti-vax. I'm about informed consent. Here's the positive. Here's the negative. You make your choice. That's it. But a lot of people, they say, oh, that's dangerous. I'm like, well, that's the way it should be. It has to be informed consent. If you don't have informed consent, if you're pushing experimental therapies on people, well, that actually breaks international law, the Nuremberg Code. I mean, that, that's a huge, huge thing. I mean, they execute you for that. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's what happened in Nazi Germany. And is there a way for you guys to like fight back on this? Doctors to say no. Oh yeah, this organizations, this organizations like um, you know Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a organization. Um, 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 what's his name? Um, oh, the guy on the high wire who also put out the Vax movie. Um, right. There's a lot of people that are, have organizations that are suing people. Judicial Watch is another one that's suing people over certain things, but it takes so it takes years to do that. It takes years to do that. So the process is so long and drawn out. You can't just like stop something. I know. I just I'm so anti-mandates. Like, why are you mandating me to do that? Yeah, I mean people do what you want, but they feel oh if you don't do it, you're endangering everyone else. I'm like it doesn't work that way. No. It all depends how healthy you are and how you take care of yourself. Then, you know, you have your barriers against everything else in life. That's how it works. It's about you. Instead of saying, oh, if that person doesn't do something, they're going to kill my kid or my grandma or something like that. And then the stuff with kids making them get vaccinated, wear masks. Not one child has died of COVID. They've died of other things and had a positive COVID test, but not one that didn't have any of these other, like several diseases piled up. Not one has diet and yet they're pushing it like it's the most important thing in the world but no it's it's you're abusing children by doing this it's horrible it's really horrible yeah i think there's so much fear you know lingering over everybody and there's not enough like you said um courageous people out there speaking or saying the truth because people are getting shut down that, that's the one thing that i that i see like okay people are getting shut down there are uh taking these videos off of youtube and off of social media what are we where are we living it's 2021 what do you mean you're getting banned i mean what and nobody really puts two and two together like why are you like i don't see the people up in the big offices getting mandated for these i have friends that are nurses that don't want to get the vaccine they're going to lose their job oh yeah or i hear about them i hear about people i i posted on um one of my friends thing about that I got to move out of DC by um, you know, September 30th and a nurse in Northern Virginia is like, yeah, I got to leave my job too. been there 10 years. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of healthcare workers that are just saying, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, I've worked the past year and a half on the front lines on the floor of all these sick people with no vaccination. It was fine. Now all of a sudden you're saying I can't work. They're like we, it's ridiculous. I thought it was a pandemic and you don't care to get rid of all these people. How important is it for you? You know, these these thoughts are they just come through my head about how come you're not noticing this when I have people telling me that I shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, I have friends that personally go to hospitals with their video on and look in the waiting rooms and say, there's nobody here, it's empty. They're saying the hospitals are overrun in this area. This waiting room's empty. And there's other people doing it on like um there's people doing it in DC, this guy, Richard Citizen Journalist, he goes all the hospitals around here and just shows they're all empty and he puts it on Telegram. He's got banned on everything else. He's just on Telegram now, but he shows these videos. I have friends doing it in other areas too. I mean, you see everywhere where they say these hospitals are overflowing, they walk in a video and security's like, oh, get out of here, no recording, but they're empty. There's no one there. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely getting overblown. I know it's real. I've had a couple of friends that, I mean, one friend just passed away a couple of days ago and she was... She had a lot of other issues, right? But yes, I guess COVID got her to this point where she couldn't breathe and a lot of other, um, another dear friend as well in March who was completely not healthy. So I'm yeah. not saying, oh, this oh. isn't real. Nobody's getting uh -huh. sick, right? Yeah, somebody yeah. we know from the retreat, I won't mention who it is, but um, they just got sick and they could hardly breathe. And then where they live in a different country, Ivermectin's over the counter she took it within a day her lungs cleared up 
at the end of the day. But yet they're saying, oh, people that are promoting ivermectin, like they're going to, you know, get sued or arrested now or whatever. But the stuff works and it's cheap. It's so cheap. It costs a couple dollars, you know, to get this. And it just clears everything up like that. So ivermectin works really good to just clear up the latent effects in the lungs when they're all screwed up. It just takes it right away. Yeah. What is an ivermectin? Um, ivermectin is an anti-parasitic. It reduces inflammation in different ways and we get parasites out, but they found out it works well for the lungs too for COVID. Yeah, I got sick with COVID in early or this year and it came after about a month of me, I don't know, I guess it was my mom's anniversary of her dying and I got really, really sad for like three or four weeks. No vitamin, I stopped taking my vitamins. I didn't care. I was just like in this dump and then boom. Yeah. Three weeks later, I get it. Three or four weeks later. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, oh my gosh, I've been depressed. What's up with my, and right away, you know, back to my DEC uh, zinc. I took Invermectin and I was good to go in about a week. And also I took the H, um, I don't know what you call it. Anyway. HCQ, the hydrochloric. The, uh -huh, the hydrochloric. I was like, I've had it there all along. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to take it. I started to take it the next day I could smell and taste again like that in 24 yeah. hours. When you lose the smell, that's just your zinc. You lose your zinc. So taste and smell when that goes down, you know, you're getting zinc deficient, you up your zinc and it comes back. So that again is allowing the zinc to get back into the cell. So it could be used again. Maybe that's what happened, but it was just, I thought it was just a kind of a mess. Yeah, but, but the mental emotional stress that weighs you down just as much as like, you know, doing other things. So like, say this is how much stress your body can take. And right now is like this much water in there. So you got room for plenty more stress. But if your stress just piles up with say, you know, emotional stress, you're not eating right, you're not getting your nutrients, you're exposed to pollution, um, you know, work's getting really hard. If it overflows and bang, something happens, your body can't recover. But if we get the stresses down, you get sick. Okay, it goes a little bit more, but still in the glass, it doesn't overflow. It's still, your body can still handle it. That's what you got to do, just reduce the stresses so your body can handle whatever hits it. Right. But yeah, the emotional will just, it, that adds up in there too. But people don't see emotions as something that affects your physical body, but it's totally connected. It's all connected. By the way, if you guys aren't watching this on video, um, Robert just had the illustration of a glass that's all the way, not, not all the way full, but maybe a little bit below halfway full of water. And he was just talking about how this is the emotional problem, stress, work, rising all the way to the top, overflowing, and then you get sick or having some space in there um, for that capacity of your body to hold on to fight for this against these stressors or whatever's coming in. So just letting you know, I hope that explained the visual. <laughs> Yeah, basically your, your, your body is a container for stress, just depends how much room you got in to handle more. So if you get out stresses by, you know, exercising and meditating and, you know, just getting over your problems in life and making life easier for yourself, you have much more room for even the other stressors like pathogens and toxins and all this stuff. So like me, you know, I exercise, I meditate, I eat good, healthy foods, but I like to go have a couple of drinks like twice a week, you know, so I make the room in my, my life to be able to have those few drinks out with friends where if I was overloaded and stress and toxins or anything else, I wouldn't be able to handle that. And that would really screw my body up. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting how life goes. And then I find, I find ways. It's just so interesting that you say that because that's kind of the way I've lived my life. Okay, I eat good foods, I work out, you know, I do meditation and then, oh, there's a party or I want to go with friends here and then I come back and then kind of keep my healthy lifestyle again of my rhythms, right, and my rituals mm -hmm. and then I have room. But if, I, if it gets too, if it gets like too backed up and if I have like five or six different dinner parties or, or events or I'm staying up late, right away my body's like, wait, 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 you need to get back into your rhythms so that you can stay healthy. Either that or it'll make you take a break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, but learning, learning to listen to our bodies is something that I think really needs to be taught more in school and books and like, listen to your body. The yeah. body keeps the score. 
and we have these, at least I have a lot of clients and a lot of um, friends that come in to work with me that aren't really in touch with their body. Like, what is your body saying? Like, why do you think you're tensing up about this medicine or this action that is being forced on you or whatever, whatever it is? Because we don't have that freedom sometimes to be yeah. like, no. Yeah. If you just listen to your body and put yourself into the situation you're contemplating, like saying, oh, um, should have a burger and fries tonight. Ask your body, how do you feel if you ate the burger and fries already and see how your body responds? And you can feel into the future how your body would handle that night would feel. Or you feel in your body, should I go to this dinner party tonight? You know, should I go to this party and see how your body feels at the party, if it feels good or not? You could just be like, oh, it feels okay. Or, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. Like, you could ask your body and just kind of, if you're aware, feel what you'd be like in these different situa situations you have choices of doing or not. And it takes practice, everybody out there, don't worry, because you might be thinking, well, if I tell my body how you're going to feel with a hamburger, I mean, I'd be like, yeah. So it takes practice and honoring, really, the truth of what your body wants, not just what you're craving or what you're used to or this addiction to just get out of your body and not feel anything because you're having this sedated sensation out of eating all these fries. But to really practice this, you've got to be patient, right? It takes a yeah. lot of time, I mean. And sometimes it's that little, subtle, quiet voice that's the right voice. And you got to let that just kind of build up more and more in your awareness. Because you'll feel that little, subtle voice that will say something, but then something will overpower it in your mind. You'll be like, oh, no, it's fine. But you got to learn, no, that first little instinct you got, that little quiet voice, that's the one. That's the one we got to listen to. Yeah. That's the one we have. Yeah. Wow, this is so fun. I want to keep asking stuff. But I think, well... Okay, first of all, what are you going to do in Florida? I'm going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come yeah. see you. Julio and I are gonna just going to fly out there and be like, let's yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to work on people energy-wise, you know, at a distance. I, I have some people now I work on all over the world. I'm going to build that up a little bit more, just kind of working people. Because to me, I love doing that with people. Like when I work on people at a distance, and I could see their body changing it like through my, 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 my intuition, my, um, visual, you know, sight. And I hear them on the phone, like, Oh, I feel better. And I'm just like, that's so freaking cool. You know, that, that you can do this over and over again with people. I mean, to me, it's like the coolest thing in the world. I love it. And afterwards I feel so good. And then I'm going to work myself more spiritually too. And I told Sasha, um, moving down to Miami, she goes, Ooh, you're going to be so much closer to me. And I'm like, Oh yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can go to Puerto Rico and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was talking to Baba Fami. Oh yeah. Did you ever talk to him? He's so well, cool. he's, he's the first one that really got me off my butt to move to Florida. He's like, you need to be in the warm coastline. That's where you got to be. Like you need to leave the city. And that's when I talked to him, like, okay. And I start putting these things like looking at it. And now this hit me. I'm like, well, it's exactly what Baba Femi told me. Like, that's what I got to do. Yeah. He told me a few months ago. Yeah. I know he's a, by the way, you guys, Baba Femi is a, um, he's a super shaman, Ifa practitioner guy who's, uh, I don't know, man. He's just in touch with spirit and he's a power, very powerful man. And uh, yeah, he was, I mean, one of the things he told me straight up is like, you should become an Ifa practitioner. I'm like, oh my God, I'm barely learning like all of my Mexican, you know, ancestral earth-based shaman. He's like, yes, you need to do that too. We're yeah, just, 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 yeah, keep adding it on. Just all keep the tools. doing it. Yeah. I mean, because what I do is a mix of so many things. Like, what do you do? I'm like, that's, I don't even know what I do, you know, like it. And same thing with Sasha. People are like, oh, where can we find someone like that works like you? She's like, you can't. It's just, it's what I've learned through my life. You know what I mean? So it's we we're all these creative beings and we take a little bit here and there we just kind of make our own picture out of it to our own life out of it yeah as long as we stay in integrity and honoring you know life and search every day for the truth yeah exactly exactly so how can we give us a few more tips you kind of already did to stay healthy and empowered in your body like as a doctor shaman magical man okay robert if I want you to give us one last bit of advice on how to stay on top of it, 
or what to do, eat, take, whatever, to ride out this wave of this fear-mongering virus, what would you say? <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is, it's a two-part answer. Number one, shut off the news and the social media. Um, number two, when you feel uncomfortable in your body, when you feel fear, when you feel anger, feel it, like feel it. Because the people get mostly in trouble when they have these overwhelming feelings and they run from them. They push it in the back of their mind. They push it behind their heart. It doesn't go anywhere. It's going to sit there and create an emotional infection within your soul and in your being. So if you feel fear, feel it. Feel, where is it in my body? Where's this fear? Oh, it's like right here in my chest. Sit there, be quiet, and let yourself feel it. And look at all your other senses around it too. Ask yourself, use all your senses. What color is this fear I'm feeling? Okay, maybe it's a red. What, what, what does it taste like? Oh, this weird taste in my mouth when I think about it. What does, is there a smell with it? Do you hear something with it? Is there a feeling otherwise with it? And just watch it and honor it and say, give me more. Give me more. I want it all. It will get intense. You might start shaking, crying, whatever. Like, you know, you might have to let out a yell. But if you just focus on it, you'll notice it's just going to go away and dissipate. So when you can feel your emotions, good and bad, and you just allow them to be and you honor them, you process them. They don't get built up in what they call your shadow. So down the line, you're getting anxiety attacks or heart attacks or whatever, because you've already processed this stuff. And you're not going to react to other people where, oh, everything's fine. And someone like pushes your button and you explode on them with this anger, fear, whatever, because it's been holding up inside of you so much. You can withstand more stresses from your outer environment because the stresses in your inner environment's down. So yeah, you could be much more lovely and nice to people, you know? Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Practice. It is, but once you do it on a regular basis, your whole life changes. Ashe, yes, yes. So we're going to feel our emotions, learn to, I love the word that you used. Otherwise, it turns into an emotional infection. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll just be like, you know, some sort of pathogen that's in your body just doesn't go away, you know, because you walled it off. You don't want to deal with it. And it's energy. It can't dissipate unless you do something to it. It's just going to sit there. And then exercise, eat healthy, meditate, and take CD and zinc. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> eat foods that are real whole foods, not things that are packaged in little, you know, wrappers and containers that will last for months and months and months. Eat foods as close as they come from nature as possible. That's a real food. You know, if you just do that, you're going to be healthier than 80% of the people out there. If you just eat real food, because we've been eating things that are made like in a lab in a factory, that's where we're eating. And, you know, it might taste good, it might give us some energy, it might kind of make us, you know, feel satiated, but it's not going to feed your body what it needs. Your body is this high performance vehicle that is it's literally supernatural it's like you know if you know anything about cars if you think it's like a you know a ferrari or a porsche or a lamborghini if you put bad gas in that thing it's not going to run it's going to be a waste just sitting there this high performance beautiful thing is just going to sit there and it's going to start rusting and rotting because it can't run but you have to put into good fuel that makes this thing run you know when you go back to some of the accounts of the natives that were in the Americas when the settlers or invaders were coming over, what do you want to call them? They were, they couldn't believe how almost superhuman they were in their health and strength. They would get shot or get an arrow in them and just keep going like it was nothing. And, and, and they would be able to, they were getting chased. They would be able to just run for days without stopping. They're like, how can they do this? It's like, they're supernatural, but their bodies were so strong because of the food they put into it and also the spiritualness that they allowed to be in their body that they were supernatural in ways. Yeah. yeah. 
And we can all do that. Yeah, we all can. But, you know, the hardest thing to do is change. Just get past the change. The only thing that likes change is a baby of a wet diaper, right? <laughs> like me, I got to change a lot of things. And, you know, I'm up this morning looking at things and emailing people. I'm like, I got a lot to do. But, yeah, it's just kind of like, to me, as I embrace change more and more, embracing those seasons, it's like, okay, I'm actually looking forward to this. It's going to be good. It's going to be my next step up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Embracing the change and... I, I like to, I even, I have to like schedule in my busy schedule time for stopping and breathing and doing my spiritual rituals and doing my meditation. And this is part of, this is just as important as me writing out that bill or sending out that email or scheduling this form, whatever. Oh no, I can't. This is my, I could just say I'm busy, but I'm actually locked in my studio outside in my garden, feeding my chickens. That's just so. You're busy. Exactly. You are busy. It's called having a life, and we should all have a life. Oh, yeah, dude. I know. I mean, I mean, that's what it's about. And um, that's one of the first reasons I became a doctor, because my parents were, like, lower middle class, worked their butts off for almost nothing. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, do something where I can make a lot more money and have a lot more free time to just be, yeah. you know? And yeah, I mean, sometimes I have a break. I just lay on my couch and just feel inside of myself, like feel my energy, feel my body and just breathe. I'm just like, oh my God, that was like an amazing hour. Okay, let me just get back to what I got to do, you know? And sometimes just that, that, that peace and quietness is exactly what you need, but people don't do that, you know? You know, it's just like, I've been single for several years and just keep meeting women. And yeah, you know, I meet these women who, Oh, I'm going here, then there, then there, and here. My schedule, I have like three things this day, four things this day. And I'm just like, I can't date this person. So like, oh, we can hang out in two weeks. I'm like, I don't even want to hang out with you in two weeks. You're stressing me out. Just observing, <laughs> just observing you stresses me out. You know, they, they got to make their life so full packed. So every moment's accounted for. And, you know, then they complain they can't sleep well. And I'm just like, <laughs> wonder why yeah and the culture the culture feeds you that as well right the more you hustle the more you hustle and it's hard to stop because then if you haven't have that emotional intelligence practice well this these things are going to come up that you would rather not feel and so it's it's like a whole freaking revolving door of yeah there's an excellent book that I think everyone should read it's called the 80 20 principle uh, this book it talks about 80 percent of the people do things that give you a 20 percent return on what you put into it but 20 percent of the people do things that give you an 80 percent of a return just imagine if you only had to put in a little bit of effort but you gotta get 80 percent return on what you're doing just a little bit of effort you know, your, your life is fulfilled. You have everything you need. You're happy. You got this going, that going. For other people, they got to, you know, bust their butt and they only get like 20% back from life. And this is like a, a scientific ratio that's in everything in the world. It's, 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 if you look, it's everywhere. So if you always do things where you only have to put 20% of effort in, you get 80% back life gets simple but you gotta find those things and those things i that i just feel they're closer to the truth of the way life really works and when you find those things that are closer to the truth of how life really works you just have everything you need in the world and you could just you know chill and just look for the next thing that's going to give you that that great big reward and it's just a way to look at life like okay if i do this it's going to give me back more than i put into it you know what i mean like that's what you got to do focus on things that are going to be life-giving and really i like to think of it as like okay you're on your deathbed what really mattered yeah and how did you live through this thing that really mattered okay i'm gonna rearrange my priorities and do i mean i like this 80 20 principle and it's it's kind of how i've it's just funny, like you're sitting here and all these, like you're dropping all these truth bombs. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I quit my job, what, two, three years ago. And now I'm 
probably making just about as much money, maybe a little more, with way with 80-20. I put in the 20 where I need to, and then the rest of the time is like, okay, I have some time now. Wow. And yep. it took me a while to decompress from the hustle and bustle. Like the first six months after I quit, I was still running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Julio would tell me, you're more stressed. You have more work now than before you quit. Because I just had that like PTSD of go, 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 go. And it's taken me time to kind of wind down and be like, yeah, you're right. You had to heal. Time to heal. Mm -hmm. So if people want to reach out to you for a healing session, how do we find you? Uh, my website is healprofoundly.com. I'll write that on the... Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm more active on any social, most social media I have activity on is, um, Instagram. I have my, uh, my graffiti artist account in there, which is much bigger than my doctor account. My graffiti artist account is Dr. Greedy because I'm the gra former graffiti artist known as greed. If you just like Google graffiti greed, most of that's me. And, um, but my Instagram for my doctor is, uh, you just search Dr. Robert Cyprian or it's muscle testing doctor on there. Thank you so much for coming on here and, and talking to us. It's just, this is just really fun to fun see you again me. and all this information. Yeah, it's great. Fun for me. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully we get to see each other soon. We'll I'm sure. Out there for sure. Something will happen. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for hopping in here. Please uh, feel free to share and um, give it away to everybody that you think this might be helpful for. And not share it as well. <laughs> Make people think. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Um, well, guys, we'll see you next time.